CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Love you, Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family, a podcast. We've got a great podcast for you. In a few minutes, we're going to be joined by Curtis Rogers, who does tremendous work over at 710 Seattle Sports. He has had a nice up-close view of the Texas Rangers all season long with doing the Seattle Mariners pre- and post-game hosting. Along with that, I know he does so much out there in the Pacific Northwest, but we are going to be talking about what we've all gathered from these first two games of the World Series, turn it forward to what we can expect out in Arizona, and then in the final segment, we're starting to get openers as I record this for Game 3 of the World Series. I'll just give you guys a little bit of an overview with what I'm doing there, and then my set play. Those will be coming on the podcast tomorrow along with my set DK Network pick because I am sort of on the fence as to which way it's going to go and it's going to be one of those cases where I'm going to be gauging the overnight line movements. So we get you guys all covered there with a look at Game 3 in the final segment. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we will fire those in. First one is my Twitter slash X timeline at unit underscore D1. Keep in mind letters EM, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Other way is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire on whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. And really didn't get in any of those questions today, but we did have a fun time taking a look at the great game of baseball on Saturday. It is now 1-1 to in the World Series, so let's see how we got here. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. The Arizona Diamondbacks ripped the tar out of the ball. Death by a million cuts. As they had one home run, that was Gabriel Moreno. That was a solo shot off of Jordan Montgomery, who did not have a single strikeout in this game. For Jordan Montgomery, he gives up four runs in six innings, no strikeouts, one walk, and that home run surrender. From there, Dane Dunning, Andrew Heaney, they were able to piecemeal together a scoreless inning between the two of them. And then Chris Drain, he gives up a run while getting a pair of outs out of the bullpen. It was really Martin Perez, who that's when you know the Rangers are in a last resort sort of scenario. He gives up four runs while 
getting just four outs. Meanwhile, for the Rangers, they just could not get anything going on offense. Mitch Garver took Merrill Kelly deep, his third home run of the campaign, but that's all Merrill Kelly would allow in seven innings. A very tremendous start from him. And then Andrew Saul, Frank, Luis Frias from there. They combined for two scoreless innings as RDK Network right at picking game one was the over. RDK Network right at picking game number two was the over. Both were able hit. And now from our good friend Dave Tooley at View from Vegas, Overall for the postseason, overs are at 18, 17, and 3 with road teams. 23 and 15 overall on the money line. And the underdogs, they're at 24 and 13. There was one game in which was a pick'em, but both games in the World Series have went over the total thus far. And as we know, it is now one-to-one. So a tremendous day of baseball, and it's always tremendous to get this man on. As Curtis Rogers, he does amazing work over at 710 Seattle Sports. He does a pre- and post-game hosting in season for the Seattle Mariners. On top of that, he's doing a great job. Take a look at college basketball, the Seattle Seahawks. He does so many of the podcasts over there at 710 Seattle Sports. And he's a man there you're able to follow on Twitter slash X at a kid from Kent. That is also his Instagram handle. And Curtis, it's always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Greg, always a pleasure joining you. And boy, these first two games of the World Series, I don't know if I could have seen it going this way, but it has been chock full of drama. And we're heading back to Arizona, tied one game apiece. It's anybody's series over the final five games of this series. Yes, it certainly is. And what are your takeaways from the first two games of the World Series? Because to me, I think the biggest surprise of these first two games was the way that the Diamondbacks bullpen did collapse and Paul Seawalt allowed that two-run homer to Corey Seager, setting the stage for one of the greatest endings to a World Series game I have seen, certainly up there. Like Game 7 when the Cubs were able to get the job done. We all remember that Giants versus Angels World Series, Nathan Avaldi and all that he did in the 18-inning game. And you go down the list, but that's really what did stand out to me because I do think that while that Diamondbacks bullpen was a weakness in game one, I think that that's going to be their strength moving forward on how they are going to need to try to take this series. Yeah, their bullpen is going to be a huge factor in how this series plays out. You mentioned game one. I'm right there with you, Greg. One of the greatest World Series games I've ever seen, certainly one of the greatest World Series finishes I've ever seen. A finish that I think a lot of Diamondbacks fans are unfortunately familiar with because of how similar it played out in, I think, all three road games they played in the 2001 World Series against the Yankees. But they bounced back in Game 2. I think the thing that stood out to me over the course of the first two games is the Diamondbacks have been the better team throughout the majority of the first, what, 20 innings that we've seen because Game 1 went to 11 innings. It's just that the Rangers got the two big hits in the ninth inning and then in the 11th inning, game one. The Diamondbacks have been, I think, the better team to start this series, which is kind of interesting as it heads back to Phoenix now. The Rangers, though, have been an absolute juggernaut on the road in the postseason. I believe they're 8-0 heading into the World Series on the road this postseason. So they have got a really good thing going away from Globe Life Park. going to be very interesting to see how this series plays out. Game three, you've got Brandon Fott going up against the veteran, the guy who has been in so many of these big moments, Max Scherzer. But you look at Scherzer's numbers in the postseason, Greg, just has not been the same Scherzer as as we're used to seeing in years past. Maybe it's age. Maybe it's just mileage on that arm. Maybe it's the injury that he's had to deal with over the course of the season's second half. But right now, it is not Max Scherzer of old that we're seeing. It's it's Max Scherzer right now that it's kind of like, I don't know. I don't know if this is the guy you want as your stopper, you, the guy you want to get 
this series kind of swinging back your way against this Diamondbacks team that's been pretty advantageous over the course of this postseason. This team has been very, very good here in the postseason. I do agree with you there. And I do think that it is going to be interesting to see what we get in game number three because you mentioned Brandon Fodd. And, man, that guy was a fade at the early part of the season. The first time he was up at the big league level, he had north of a 9 ERA through his first, like, five or six starts, but has really been able to come along. Meanwhile, for Max Scherzer, he has faded as the season goes along. But do you think that perhaps getting those two starts in the ALCS will be able to do Scherzer a little bit of good since he was coming off the injured list and really didn't have a chance to rehab? Yeah, I think, you know, that is definitely going to be something that works in his favor is that, you know, now he's knocked a little bit of that rust off. And, and look, he got the start in, what, game seven of the ALCS. Granted, he didn't need to be as sharp as possible because of how good Texas's offense was in Game 7, really putting that game out of reach early on. So maybe this is going to be a much sharper-looking Max Scherzer because, like you mentioned, didn't have an opportunity to go down to the minor leagues and get a rehab start or two in before coming up to the big league level. Brandon fought his season, Greg. You mentioned it early on in the year. This guy was not anything to write home about, but you put him up there now with Merrill Kelly and with Zach Gallen. I mean, that is such a formidable one, two, three that the Diamondbacks have developed over the course of, of the last few years. A really great homegrown pitching by them. That has been a hallmark of this resurgence by them over the last couple of seasons. Zach Gallen in the thick of the National League Cy Young race. Merrill Kelly with a phenomenal performance in Game 2, striking out nine, walking none. Very rare company in, in the World Series of guys who have done that. And then Brandon Fott, who looked really good against Philadelphia in that series, that classic National League Championship Series. I'm really excited to see what he can do in Game 3. I know Chase Field is going to be rocking a ballpark that can get pretty loud, even though we don't see it too often. When it is given these opportunities, it can get pretty loud. So I'm excited to see what that Phoenix crowd can do in Game 3, you know, probably indoors. So I would imagine that is going to play a factor, too. Very interesting to see both these stadiums kind of not use the open-air elements either to their advantage or disadvantage. Balls kind of traveled a little differently with the roof closed. So should make for some interesting offense over the course of this series. Yep, I think that it is going to be really interesting to see what happens in Arizona because with Texas, they are very much in team that is based around their offense, but we've actually seen the Arizona Diamondbacks score less when they've been at home rather than on the road. And do you think that there is a possibility, even though we were talking about the issues that we've got with Max Scherzer, and I love what Brandon Fodd has been able to do, but at the same time, he certainly is not on the level of Merrill Kelly. I feel very secure in saying that, but even with that, do you think just because of the travel, because now we are going to be in Arizona, the change in scenery, that that could cause for a little bit of a lower scoring game number three? It's very possible. I think it's very possible, especially considering all the factors right now. Chase Field is a very deep ballpark, especially in that outfield. It's a pretty expansive outfield. And the Diamondbacks outfield defense is really good with Corbin Carroll in center field. you got Alec Thomas out there as well, Lourdes Gurriel out there in left field. I mean, they've got guys that can go get it in the outfield. So this series is going to shape up to be a little bit lower scoring once we head back to Chase Field. I'm really, really interested to see just kind of how this Texas offense continues to travel. I mean, look, going to play the Astros at, at Minute Maid Park this season in the ALCS, it's weird because Houston had always been such a juggernaut at home. We all know that's where the trash cans were 
But this season they had a below 500 record in the regular season at home. And then obviously in the postseason they had a below 500 record at home. So I wonder how much have the Rangers been able to take advantage of a down Astros team at home and how much of it was just them simply being able to flip a switch on the road. I'm going to be very interested to see just what happens here in Game 3. I think Game 3 is so pivotal in this series because there's just so much that could go either way. I would not be stunned if the Rangers won Game 3. I would not be stunned if the Diamondbacks won Game 3. And based off of how the first two games have gone, I feel like the Diamondbacks have a little bit of an edge going into Game 3 over Texas. Rangers with an opportunity to respond, with an opportunity to say, hey, that Game 1 win was not a fluke. We are still a force to be reckoned with. We are we are the favorites to win this thing. We have been the favorites to win this thing since the outset of the series. I would imagine that they are going to come out play a little more inspired ball in Game 3 because their backs are against the wall a little bit, going up against a Diamondbacks team that can now take advantage and get some home field advantage on their side. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that this is going to be such an interesting series, and I knew you expected after the Diamondbacks had that soul-crushing loss that perhaps they might be a little bit flat in game number two, but Merrill Kelly was able to pick them up. As they always say, momentum is as good as the next day starting pitcher, and the next day starting pitcher was very tremendous in game number two. That's Curtis Rogers, who does amazing work over at 710 Seattle Sports, is joining me right here on the Baseball Bank Show. And how much do you think it is pivotal that game number three does go to the Texas Rangers. And the reason why I say that is because in game number four, you've got to figure that it's going to be full-fledged bullpen games for both of these teams with the Texas Rangers. They had to use up Dane Dunning and Andrew Heaney quite a bit in games one and two. So you got to figure that it's probably going to be those two guys. They're going to be sort of piggybacking off of one another along with perhaps a little bit of John Gray, who also got used in game one. And I just don't think that either team is going to be able to get more than say, three innings out of any of their respective starters. And I think that it is big as well that Ryan Nelson of the Diamondbacks was a starter during the regular season. He has yet to pitch, and that could give them a little bit of a leg up, which is why I do think there needs to be a lot of urgency for the Rangers in this Game 3. they got to have it. They have to have it in Game 3 if they want to really make things happen in this series. Do you go with your Game 1 starter on short rest in Game 4? I mean, it'd only be a 3 day rest if you're the Rangers to avoid falling in a 3-1 hole. I think that is uh, something that Bruce Bochy might have to consider. I know he's not afraid of throwing guys on short rest. As we know, when he was at the Giants, he famously would throw Madison Bumgarner on you know one or two days rest. I remember Bumgarner going Game 7 of the 2014 World Series. I believe that was on one or two days rest in relief. So, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. If they don't get Game 3, you got to wonder who's going to be out there for the Rangers in Game 4. Could it be Nathan Eovaldi? I know he has dealt with the injuries this season, missed a good chunk of the second half, but as we know, he's a gamer. You mentioned it earlier, you know, before we started, Eovaldi with that classic relief appearance for the Red Sox back in 2018, going six innings against the Dodgers, ultimately coming out with a loss. But that's a guy who you know will do whatever it takes when given that call hey, I will go out there, I will do whatever needs to be done in order for us to go out and win this thing. Very interesting to to watch this chess match between Bruce Bochy, who has been here before many times. This is, what, his fifth World Series appearance, third different team he's taken this far. And Tori Lavulo, who has never been this far before. 
But right now, it seems to have a lot of momentum going his way with this Diamondbacks team heading back to Phoenix here tied at one. And I will put you on the spot right here. If you had to pick the World Series right now, we are through two games, one to one. Would you lean a little bit more to the Rangers or would you lean a little bit more to the Diamondbacks? I think I'm still leaning Rangers, even though the Diamondbacks have shaken off that game one loss, that dramatic game one loss, the loss that you think would have really just kind of broken anybody's spirit uh, in that Diamondbacks clubhouse, not to be the case after game two. They seem very alive, but I think Texas just has so much firepower offensively. I like their pitching staff as well. I know that bullpen can be a little shaky at times, but look, if your offense is clicking, if your starting pitching is clicking, that makes it easy on anybody's bullpen to get you through nine innings. So I still believe in this Rangers team to get the job done over the course of this series. But hey, if I'm proven wrong, that just means we're going to have a a, a crazy series on our hands. So I'm rooting for chaos above all in all of this thing. If it goes a full seven, I'm going to be thrilled with it. I know you'll be thrilled with it. I think baseball fans all over are going to be thrilled with it. These two teams are pretty evenly matched as we have kind of found out over the course of the first two games. So it should make for a tremendous series going forward. It is going to be a tremendous series. And Curtis, you do a tremendous job over there at 710 Seattle Sports. I know you've had a Front row ticket to the AL West all season long. So you know the Texas Rangers about as well as anyone. You're doing incredible work with regards to the Seattle Seahawks, the Seattle Kraken, getting set for college football, and so much more. So let the good people at home know what's on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, we've got everything going on right now. As, as Greg mentioned, NFL, college football with the Huskies, number five in the country. College basketball gets started in about a week and a half here. Super pumped for that. And then, yeah, all sorts of Mariners offseason conversation going on at Seattle Sports, too. And, hey, who knows? Maybe some trades will happen over the course of the next few weeks after this World Series wraps up. If they do, that's the place to be, seattlesports.com. And like Greg said, you can follow on X at a kid from Kent and also on Instagram, same exact handle. And, Greg, always appreciate hopping on with you and looking forward to the remainder of this series should be a good one. Oh, it should be a good one we had a great first two games of the world series i expect nothing else moving forward curtis does absolutely incredible work taking a look at this game that we all know and love he is showing me all throughout the season and it is always appreciated a big thanks curtis for joining me on the baseball betting show now part of the visa family of podcast coming up next We've got some opening lines up for game number three of the World Series. I'm going to give you guys what I'm taking a look at for game three with regards to my side and total as it stands right now as we touch them all. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 
2025 QX80 coming this summer. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer songwriter and composer John Batiste the all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta. CNN's chief medical correspondent. And this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Sports betting innovative analytics has taken the guesswork and emotion out of sports betting to bring you an innovative and trustworthy resource to enhance your journey to becoming a winning player. With industry-leading money-back guarantee options backed by their sophisticated modeling, they want to introduce you to a system that's not widely seen or available to help you beat the bookmaker. Specializing in NBA, college basketball, and WNBA, your first week is always free. Get started at SBIA1.com today. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family of Podcasts. Always great to be joined by Curtis Rogers. He has joined me all throughout the season, does an incredible job taking a look at the game of baseball. 
He does a nice job taking a look at everything out there in the Pacific Northwest. You can be assured that he is going to be joining my college basketball podcast throughout the season as well. His time is always appreciated. So a big thanks to Curtis for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis for game number three of the World Series as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GNNRSquarty1, and also be mindful that I am going to be taking a look at overnight line movement here. So we might be changing it up just a little bit. I'm on the edge with regards to what I'm going to be writing up in terms of DK Network picks, so I'm going to be gauging what we do get overnight with that regard, but I do see a little bit of an edge right now with regards to what we're getting on this Game 3 line, so let's dive in. 9.45-9.46 on the betting board. It is the Rangers on the road against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Keep in mind this game is for Monday and not on Sunday, but Brandon Fott goes for the Diamondbacks. Matt Max Scherzer on the bump for Texas. Total is 9 over and under, both at minus 110, and this is a pick'em game. You're going to find whatever team you like at anywhere between minus 105 to a minus 110, and with the Rangers, I did set them as a favorite of minus 114. Now, with Max Scherzer, it has been an almighty struggle for him as he went two and two-thirds innings in that last start against the Houston Astros. He did not look good in game number three. I do think that the added rest, he's going to be able to look a little bit better. And I frankly just don't see the Arizona Diamondbacks duplicating what they were able to do in game number two. Keep in mind for the Arizona Diamondbacks, they've actually scored more runs on the road than they have at home this year. Everything about 4.45 runs per game when they're at home. On the road, a little bit more than 4.7 runs per game. As for the Diamondbacks, they were able to have that 1-4 home run game in that series against the L.A. Dodgers but that's just because Lance Lynn is Lance Lynn. And if you take a look at the power on this team, very much balanced. Gabriel Moreno, Tommy Pham, Alec Thomas have all been able to give you between three and four home runs. And that has been the key for the Diamondbacks. I am still waiting for Christian Walker to emerge. He did get a hit late in game number two, but overall for the postseason, he, Evan Longoria, Emmanuel Rivera, all hitting below a 200. So that has been a little bit of an issue, but you've got Kettle Marte who is on an 18-game hit streak. I believe that that is a single postseason record. Corbin Carroll has been able to pick it up as well, so been very impressed by those guys, which is why at this nine, I am taking a look at the over. Now with Brandon Fought, very interesting to look at him because his regular season ERA was a 572. Really could not get anything going whatsoever. Here in the playoffs, he's given up five runs and four starts. He has been a completely different man, giving up a grand total of two runs over the course of his last three starts. Has been pretty lights out at home, where in the regular season, he was actually worse when he was at home rather than when he was on the road. So I do think that there is some interesting splits there, and I do think that we need to be looking at Fought a little bit more in terms of what he did in the second half of the season rather than the first half of the season, because for Fought, he had, I believe it was five starts prior to the All-Star break, north of a 9 ERA. It was just horrible. He started the year in the minor leagues. He came up in the month of May, and then they had to send him back to the minor leagues because he was not ready. Second half of the season, between the regular season and the postseason, more around a 4 ERA. Not saying he lights the world on fire, but at the same time, he has been significantly better, and his strikeout numbers are actually way up 
here in the postseason. 22 punch outs and 16 and two-thirds innings, and something else working to his advantage, even though he is a younger guy, it is that he just has thrown a few fewer innings than most of the other guys in this playoffs, just because he has been up and down between the major leagues and the minor leagues. Meanwhile, he does have to go up against the Rangers lineup that it's not quite the same on the road as at home. At home, averaging about 1.8 home runs per game. That is number two in the big leagues, number one in the American League. On the road, it's more around about 20th. You've had Adolis Garcia be amazing. Home run in five out of his last six games. Didn't go deep on Saturday, but still, he's been able to do incredible work as you've also got Josh Young, Evan Carter, Corey Seager, all been able to hit at least a 300 here in the postseason with Seager. Four home runs, including that big one in game number one. You just have so much balance with this lineup as when the Rangers want to, they can trot out there a lineup in which one through nine all had at least a 258 during the regular season with the lone exception being Mr. Adolis Garcia at north of 100 RBI during the regular season. And something else to be mindful of as well is the Rangers bullpen. We did see it in game number two on full display. It's not terrific. Between the regular season and the postseason, 24th in the big leagues in terms of ERA, they are going to be rested. So they're going to have Jose Leclerc or Roldis Chapman all at the ready. You've got to think that you're probably going to have perhaps Andrew Heaney or Dane Dunning as a bulk guy. I think that they're going to try to save them for game number four, but that's going to be an option along with the old 55 shades of John Gray. So the Rangers, if they could just get really four, maybe five innings out of Max Scherzer, they should be fine. The Diamondbacks do have the bullpen advantage. We have been seeing Andrew Salfrank all throughout the year be relatively solid. I struggle with command a little bit here in the postseason, but you've had some really good performances out of Paul Sewald stands at game number one. Kevin Ginkle, these two guys have been able to give you a sub-3 ERA here in the postseason. Even some like Miguel Castro has been able to pick up. And for the Diamondbacks, they do have a top five bullpen from September on. So if you go from September 1st until now, they have posted up a sub-275 ERA. They have been good on that front. So it's a very interesting game to be able to handicap, but I do think that the Rangers, just with that lineup, they are going to be able to power their way to victory. At a 9.5, I'd begin to look at an under because Arizona just doesn't play the same as Texas does with regards to a hitter's ballpark. But at 9, like I'm seeing right now, looking at the over, and with the Rangers, I'm willing to lay up to a minus 114 with regards to the money line. I will settle on a DK Network write-up pick during the daytime, and then I will be relaying that to you on the podcast tomorrow. So I'm with you guys every single day here on the Baseball Betting Show. And if you do like hearing from this fine podcast, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you have a question, comment, segment idea, what I have before this podcast, you have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter slash X timeline at GNN underscore 21. Keep in mind, letters M, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the other way, that's fine, an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. And a big thanks to Curtis Rogers, who does amazing work over at 710 Seattle Sports. We're joining me in the live segment, coming at you guys every single day throughout the year. And... Coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. That means I'll be back with you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast.